Hello there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Bit Effect. stick with us and we should be able to get through it with me today to discuss media of all types not media as in like physical media but media as in game coverage media youtube magazines press outlets all that fun stuff uh today we got craig what does nebulous mean it means it's a star all right okay hi uh we have the man who will go to any lengths for a good story mike Hello, let me tell you a story. <laughs> and bringing up the rear, as always, is our ass man, Luke. Hello, I'm starting to wonder if you order the introductions by who you like most, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. How very perceptive of you. You'll now be fourth. <laughs> Alright, gentlemen. So, we grew up in a wonderful age of media. First, it started off with magazines... And then it very slightly moved towards television, and then television went, yeah, no, we're not having any of that. So it went back to magazines, and then the internet hit. And you could find anything you wanted about games. Probably from, what, 1998 going forward. So hmm. what was your first bit of uh, video game media that you got your hands on to where you could read about games? Well... If you'll allow me to start here, Dave, with my tale of woe <laughs> and intrigue. <laughs> um, I I started with reading um, a bunch of mags. Uh, I think Games Master had... Uh, in fact, no, it was before Games Master. We had, we had loads of magazines. I can't remember the majority of the names, to be honest. But the most prominent ones for me at the time were uh, CBG. Uh, meme machines which was a bit later uh there were loads of magazines like spectrum they were all sort of weird names like pc gamer pc user spectrum user spectrum man spectrum gamer all all sorts of stuff you'd you'd have a you'd have a magazine for pretty much any platform out there and sometimes even niches you'd have like uh, i'm sure at some point you'd get even magazines just covering certain genres there's a, a huge Huge range of magazines as a kid. Um, it, then on top of that, you'd also get, you know, um, yeah, the the big brand ones like uh, Games Master appearing on the scene. Uh, but yeah, it was all always magazines. Um, you couldn't really move for them. In, in fact, if you weren't buying a magazine or two per month, along with maybe the, well, in fact, just basically magazines, never the games. But if you weren't buying a couple of Games Max every month, you you were doing it wrong at the time. Now, um, your magazines, were they regional? Like like Luke, Craig, did you guys get the same magazines? Because I know here we had very different magazines. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't around for the Spectrum days, so I don't quite remember those. My my first introduction to magazines was, um, I think it was called Play, uh, and then I also got Games Master hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine most of them would have been national. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I My two gaming magazines that I can remember getting on a regular basis have a very specific 
platform involved and it was PC Gamer and PC Zone. Those were my uh, magazines that got me got me through all those demo discs. A lifesaver. Is it the same PC Gamer as here? Yeah, it is. It's the same. Oh, okay. That's cool. Myself, the, the big one, of course, since you guys are uh, Philistines, heretics, whatever derogatory term you want to use, we got Nintendo Power. And I was one of the faithful Nintendo Power readers. I was subscribed, I think, from 87 till no not 87 i'm sorry uh let's i think 88 because i think i got it for my third birthday i got a subscription and i stopped at like 99 Hmm. so i mean i've got like a closet full of old nintendo powers other than that it was egm for the stuff that was on the sega genesis and later on psm stuff like that i was mostly magazines as well i didn't really watch like the tv shows that they had on every once in a while yeah, I was just going to say that, Dave. Um, I, I did actually have a, a news agent who went so far as to running out of games magazines so frequently that he'd import mags, and we did get the uh, the EGMs, and, and one called oh, really? GamePro, I believe it was. Yeah, these, Game Pro. yeah. These were basically magazines which, in comparison to our own, instead of being a few games and then an advert, you'd basically get loads and loads of adverts and then in the middle pages you'd find a few games. Yeah, uh, GamePro <laughs> was is kind of, was kind of notorious for like 80% ads. Yeah. Okay. And then you would have some guy with big hair going, this game was great, and <laughs> then you'd have more ads. Man. I remember a very similar problem, but my local newsagent didn't import gaming magazines. What I ended up having to buy was Micromart. And looking at PC components, and there would be always be one article <laughs> on a game or something like that. You'd get a wee sniff of gaming, but the rest of it was just adverts for buying graphics cards. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I remember doing kind of the same thing with a bunch of uh, PC stuff here. Or, you know, you go to a doctor's office and, oh, they have, con- you know, um, consumer electronics magazines. And there's like maybe a little paragraph about a video game, and you're like, yes! But, yeah. For the most part, I was pretty well stocked on magazines. Mm. Do you guys miss having that monthly? I mean, now I have Game Informer, and that's really the only one that I'm subscribed to, mainly because it's free for the most part. I have a thing where if I have to travel, um, I'll always go into, like, at every airport in the UK, there's a WH Smith, which is a newsagent, and they charge extortionate prices for everything. But it's like a, a thing, like a ritual I have to do that if I'm traveling on a boat or a plane or a train, I need to get a, a games magazine. And uh, sometimes I'll I'll go with Edge just because I think that's the one that everybody... The cover art. Yeah, the it's, cover it art. It makes you look smart on a plane, <laughs> yeah. let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's where I was going, Mike. I, did, I don't want to be that guy reading <laughs> Games Master with the boobs at the back and stuff, you know. Uh, <laughs> So there is still fairly popular print magazines over there? Yeah, yeah, there is. I th- my problem um, stems from the fact that I'll pick up like a, a PlayStation magazine or an Edge and I'll look at it and I'll flick through it while like Laura's doing the shopping or whatever. And then I'll go, you know, I can read all of this online and put it back down because I don't want to spend the fiver. Yeah. I'd rather spend a fiver on a couple of cans of beer <laughs> and, you know, just read, read, <laughs> read stuff online. Um it's the same with like gadget magazines. I used to go through a horrendous amount of gadget magazines, and I just stopped because it's everything's online now. 
for me. That's kind of what happened here, except on like a continental level, because EGM is now dead. PSM is on its way out. We don't have official Xbox magazine anymore. Everything's pretty much dead or gone to digital. Except Game Informer. I think that's only because GameStop's behind it. I think they're the only thing that's keeping that thing floating. There is uh, one magazine over here that seems to be doing okay. Um, I don't know if you can buy it in newsagents, but it's called uh, Retro Gamer. And uh, it seems to just go over oh, like yeah. previous topics of uh, games and stuff. And there's a couple of times I've, I've nearly bought it, but then I think, will I actually read it if it's physical? <laughs> and then if it's digital, then mm, is there any point? I don't know, I'm a bit funny with that stuff. The, the only way I'm going to get a, one of those here is if I go to like a Barnes & Noble, which is a giant bookstore here. And every once in a while, they'll have one. And uh, it was always a treat to get one because it had a pound symbol on it. And that's cool. But I mean, I'd like I can thank them for learning that, you know, like the Spectrum even exists or the Acorn. I had no idea that stuff existed when I was a kid. So, I mean, it's pretty much them. Hmm. So do you guys miss it? Like getting your monthly magazine and running up to your room and laying on your bed and reading it over and over again. Yeah. I think if I came running home from the co-op <laughs> with a magazine and said, Laura, I'm going to bed, I've got a magazine, and ran upstairs and read a magazine in my bed, I'd just get slapped around silly and told to do the dishes or something like that. <laughs> I do miss it, Dave. I miss it because apart from the fact that um, the internet is so full and open and it's quite difficult to pick a particular thing to read, a magazine gives you a very clear, concise agenda to read. You've got articles on whatever top 10 cutscenes of the month and this, that and the other and what's new. It gives you something to focus on. It's a bit like, you know, going in and you, you've either got oh, this wall of things to read or you can just read this one thing and it's easier sometimes to read like that that makes yeah yeah i i think i miss the i miss the fact that you know like these 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 uh magazines have been written in a way that you know this is a, a full episode and this is what you're getting and next week there'll be another episode and i kind of miss that because at the moment media seems to be let's get the information out as quickly as possible and beat the others and there's less opinion pieces or something it's like you know you'd often pick up like a like a, I don't know, a, a, an edge and there'd be some really cool article about a specific developer or feelings on a specific game that could have been out for months but it almost doesn't seem relevant nowadays so it would be cool to have that again definitely. I mean it's in this modern day and age maybe it's not print, what if we kind of like took that weekly episodic type <laughs> thing around up in news and topics and maybe recorded it <laughs> and and produced some sort of audio version of that. Way way too much work, guys. I, I say we just scrap it here. Yeah. Now. Okay. I mean, okay. we could we could schedule like a Sunday night and start at maybe half eight. <laughs> How about that, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? Do you miss the magazines? Or are you kind of glad everything went to this rapid fire digital? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's. I mean, being able to get stuff on the internet. What, all the time, yeah. the most pointless information. It's it's brilliant, and it is pretty much at your fingertips every day. But um, the thing is, back in the day, it'd be like you know, here's a rumor that Street Fighter Three might come out on the Sega Saturn. We're going to keep maintaining this rumor. We might give it a page. We might give it half a page here and there, and it'd be like you'd get a false set of info. Maybe maybe sometimes they had to pad it out, but you always felt like you got a good read. And like like you said, um, 
When you say take to your bedroom, put on the bed, lie there, grab a pack of crisps or something like that. Chips for you, for you, Adam, <laughs> for you, Dave. <laughs> and you'd just sit there. You'd read through the entire magazine. And I remember um, a CVG, the Final Fantasy silver cover or the Yoshi's Island one, which I think had the Resident Evil 2 review in it. And you'd, you'd basically pour through all of that info. You'd, you'd never give it a quick read. What you'd do is you'd, you'd get every little piece of juice out of that. You'd spend like three hours with a magazine. And then you'd um, and you'd agonise over it all. Then you'd come back to it. You'd find your favourite pages. I mean, when it came to me finally getting rid of some of the magazines, I was cutting out pages, which I remember being so iconic back in the day. <laughs> that it was like, he's... The, Good man. Yeah. You know, I was cutting out the... Because I, I had to get rid of them. There were too many of them. They were looking yeah. dusty and all sorts. And I just Now thought, you're going too far. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, yeah the, you know, you, you'd read over that. When it comes to any articles out there on the internet, I'd probably say there might be one or two that I've looked at once or twice um, at max. But these are things that you'd, you know, you'd go over, you'd be like, oh, why is Mario 64 a, a 5 out of 5? And why is Quake a 5 out of 5 in the exact same issue? It'd be, you know, it'd be you, I, I almost had like a routine where, um, you know, get my pocket money on a Saturday or a Sunday and I'd go to the, the news agent and... I'd, I'd maybe buy a comic, but I'd also buy a games magazine and like some sweets and it would be go home and like I would I would skim through the magazine and find the, like, the most important articles or the ones that I was m- more excited for and read them. And then I'd go through it again looking for things that was like picking off, you know, like good, bad, ugly sort of things and just working my way through it there. But then it, <laughs> is it socially acceptable to keep magazines next to the toilet? <laughs> yes it is you can buy a magazine rack for that specific <laughs> purpose and sometimes they even have toilet paper holders attached to the side <laughs> of a magazine rack nice now, see I was a bathtub kind of reader I would get my magazine and go take a bath whether I just had a bath three hours ago I don't care I'm going to lay in the bathtub and read it <laughs> with some candles lit and some jo- Tom Jones playing in the oh, background it was, it, Barry White was playing in the background yeah, oh, yeah. so good uh, yeah like it's kind of a double-edged sword because I remember getting a lot of really cool stuff from magazine here. Every once in a great while, you would get the, if you are a subscriber, you get a special little tchotchke, right? And, um, like, I think one of the best ones I ever got was from Nintendo Power. If you are a subscriber for, I think it was a couple years by that point, when Super Smash Brothers Melee came out, they went and got it all orchestrated, slapped it on a CD, and here you go, it's free since you're a subscriber. Mm. So I've got, like, Smash Brothers Melee live orchestra soundtrack and that was very cool mm. uh yeah i used to do something similar but it would be like with demos like uh, for a while in the playstation one and almost i i think the playstation 2 you used to get demos with some magazines so it'd be always like a case of right i have five pounds this weekend and these magazines are going to cost like 350 what magazine am i going to get and it would be based on the demo on the that came with the with the magazine so I remember the demo I probably played the most was the, I think it was the official PlayStation magazine that came with uh, Parappa mm. the Rapper. And I, I must have played through that demo like 20, 30 times in the one weekend. <laughs> it was great. Like you got the, the song with uh, Chop Chop. It was brilliant. Kick Chop, it's all in the mind, sir. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm geez. I only played the demo, Dave. <laughs> Don't you ever disparage Master <laughs> Onion, sir. Ever. Um, 
So the tough question here, gentlemen, is if you take away the warm fuzzies and all the fun memories we have, are magazines really viable anymore? Do you think that there should be a place for magazines or in a realistic world, magazines just really aren't cutting it anymore? Because like you said, that stuff can be months old by the time the magazine hits. I think I think this bridges a bit into the whole well the the meat of this podcast, which is the whole uh, media influence part in a way um i mean back back as a kid looking at at crazy names for character you know for the writers there and the weird things they'd be doing, it was always quite cool, but it was never at the sort of level of seriousness that we've got with web um you know, web reviewers today, I guess. Wow, Mike, you bridged the gap. Wonderful. That was going to be where I was going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you get people who basically take the piss out of themselves, for want of a better term. And, and those, you know, they'd, they'd have full faith in their review of the game, but they'd never be, you know, saying, I am a serious journalist to some sort of level that warranted putting out fluff for want of a better word. So it always felt like you were getting a, a good article from a person who who didn't see that as being like the you know the future of games in a way, I guess. Um I, I don't know. Very subjective. Yeah, well to for from my end, back in the day, let's say up until the internet journalism really started, you had it was almost enthusiast press, right? Hmm. These people may be writing about a game, but they are excited tell you about this game yeah this game's going to be amazing you know everybody was was excited about the hobby mm. uh and then once the internet hit you had everybody trying to be the next roger ebert mm. and yeah I, I did want to take the podcast there i mean do you guys miss the enthusiast press instead of the hmm games are serious business now see what you have here is, is do you guys miss that <laughs> Uh, well, I is it not, uh, okay, does it okay. not still exist in forums does it? and on blogs? You know, there must be bloggers out there that enthusiastically blog their tits off about things. Well, well, I mean that that will be in another episode. But gamer culture has gotten way more cynical, and I don't. You don't see a lot of enthusiasts out there. You have people saying. Oh, this game is just a reskin of blah, or this game isn't anything special. It doesn't, you know, innovate. It's just blah. You don't really have guys. You've got to try this. This game is amazing. I guess it depends Anymore. where you're where you're looking. I mean, you can find the people that think you know they're they're just trying to be really like cynical or critical with everything. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, when you guys said that, I automatically thought YouTube and you know. There's so many YouTubers out there that specialize in being almost proactive and like trying to push things forward in a in that sort of enthusiastic way and so yeah there I guess there's both sides to the argument I, I mean one thing I enjoy about the web thing I'm, I don't know about you guys but as I became a teenager the magazines I used to buy you know, if you bought a PlayStation magazine, it was always pro PlayStation. Like, obviously, a Nintendo magazine, it was like everything got like a 9 or 10 out of 10. And you're like, guys, come on. Like, some of these games aren't that great. Except for the really bad ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, there's swings and rounds about it. Um, 
Yeah, it, yeah, it's a difficult question, Dave. Thanks for melting my brain on a Sunday. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me put a finer point on this, gentlemen. If I was to say to you, Kotaku or Polygon, would you not just want to burst out laughing and then poke your eyes out before you read those sites? Yeah. Multiple times. Multiple uh, times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, if you think of any big places, IGN, like I said, Kotaku, Polygon, US Gamer, I don't know too many over there. I'm sorry. Eurogamer? <laughs> Euro, okay, Eurogamer. Yeah, um, They're all pretty much the same flavor, right? They're all kind of the been there, done that. I mean, Kotaku yeah. adds a little bit extra with gamers are terrible people and games will make you a terrible person kind of thing. But, you know, for the most part, I find them all incredibly obnoxious and navel-gazy. Oh, but, well, just to put a little bit of a... I mean, one, one of my biggest pet peeves with games in total is is that, you know, I, I did A-level business studies and I think everyone... Everyone who has ever done hate level business studies thinks they're a business guru when it comes to video games. But the thing is, <laughs> a lot of these websites, they're beholden to advertising all the time. Hmm. I think it was nicer knowing when, when you know, a magazine would just have, you know, some stupid Reebok advert at the back of it. <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't trying to force anything. They'd already got their advertising in by this point. So it never felt like there was anything behind Behind the choice of articles, it never felt like there was a you know a direction they were beholden to, and it paid off for them. Um, well, at least at the time it did. Yeah, no, I don't know so much anymore. No, no, not not anymore at all. But I think it benefited them in a way that you know they they weren't so. I don't know. I mean, the games the games industry as a whole. Is built up to the point now where, you know, Activision sends probably like 200-odd journalists out to go and see the newest game, pays pays them off, all sorts... Well, not pays them off, but you know what I mean, within reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think back in the day it would have been, oh, here's uh, 20 quid for a, a bus over to Birmingham to go and see someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and what can you get from that? You have to leave it to the mind a little bit. You know, you'll, you'll embellish all sorts of facts. You know, you probably bumped into a guy with a tattoo who, who codes all day. You'd have to say, oh, here's a mad, crazy story about the creation of Lara Croft or something like that. Whereas now it's, you know, there's a. They're really trying to get blood out of blood out of stone in real life scenarios instead of, you know, just embracing a bit of fantasy once in a while. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of agree with you. Like, I, I don't like how the mainstream gaming press doesn't talk about games as much as they used to. Like, uh, but Craig, Luke, what are your thoughts? I mean, are you a fan of things like Polygon, Eurogamer, things like that? The last time I went to Kotaku, um, the, the headline article is was No Man's Sky Has Monsters With Dicks Attached To Them. <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> what is this? Keeping it classy. Yeah. Uh, I, I have found that I, uh, my, the way I consume media has changed that I'm not interested in reading articles as much as I was, you know, in a magazine because the magazine was the only format you had. There was a little bit of television, but yeah, I've, I've kind of moved on to having 
it's it's more about personalities now so like i'll find people that i find interesting like podcasters or youtubers and i get a lot of my news from there i, I mean i'll read eurogamer and a couple of sites are on my rss feed but it's uh, that's all about getting news as it happens and headlines and what games are releasing when but for that community aspect of a game and like getting a proper it's almost like that playground thing of your friends like oh this game's amazing have you seen this i feel i find that it's more realistic and you get a better feel for things mm -hmm. from people talking and speaking and seeing them rather than reading am I, am I the only one that does it that way no i'm i'm the same as you like at work like I come home, the people that go, oh, you should totally play this, are you guys, This like you're my online news community of people <laughs> like that. And then I go to work and I work with three other guys who are all complete gamers as well. And they're like, oh, you've got to try this, you've got to do that, have you done this, how was, how was Zelda, how was this, that and the other. They're, everyone's really enthusiastic. So I, at home and at work, and I'm in a very positive gaming environment anyway. And then at lunchtime, I'll sit down, I'll open up Eurogamer as a matter of... I'll open up the BBC News and I'll read the top 10 news articles, which are all terrible, horrible things happening in the world. And then I'll move <laughs> over to Eurogamer and I'll look down... I won't read any reviews, but I'll, I'll look down and I'll see like, oh, look, Wipeout Amiga Collection, it's recommended. I'll need to remember that because I was on the fence about it, but now maybe, maybe not. It must warrant something. And I'll read other bits and bobs, but I, I think I just do it out of habit. I don't know if I actually take anything in. I've mm. been thinking about this since the last time we recorded about... Um, and I said something like, yeah, I do, I do read online reviews of games, but I actually, since then, I've noticed I don't. I really <laughs> rarely do. So why did you lie, Craig? I think it's because I thought I did. I thought I was like getting on to Eurogamer and, and ab absorbing all this information, but I, I wasn't really. I'm like, look, I would, I would go on and look at the, the latest news of something or, you know, like a release calendar or something like that. But I don't, I get all my chat from you guys and the guys I work with and my dad. Of all <laughs> and when we're cooler, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, like, okay, Dave, okay. If you, cool, Dave, cool. if you said, right, we need to go and sit down and play this game, Craig, Craig, you played this, you're going to absolutely love this game, I'll buy it instantly because I know, and I get enough of that chat from you guys to not yeah. even need suggestions for me, it's, it's there. I love you guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Mike, what about you? I mean, have you become a little disenchanted with mainstream media? Yeah. Or yeah, are you definitely, still... Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, a case in point for me at the second is um, 13 Sentinels, I guess Aegis Rim, I'm not sure how you say it, but... I've it's been Aegis, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I've been thinking of, on that in a possibly better time, but my example of that so far is that a year ago we got a, a Tokyo Game Show trailer, I think it was. Um, this trailer since reappeared at this year's E3, uh, 2017 E3. Um, in the meantime, I've had very tiny drips and drops of information about it. Um, and the, the new trailer is very slight edit over the original one. So there's not that much to go off, to be brutally honest. But I get that covered in, what, uh, Jematsu? I think it's had uh, two or three articles in total on Eurogamer. 
all very very tiny little things and and i think is that all there is to this i mean it's vanillaware okay uh yeah quite well known you know the the main guy george i can't remember his name his surname sorry but he goes all the way back to like uh, capcom days of, of dungeons and dragons and things now should this be a magazine from you know the the high point of magazines you'd probably have like a case of this is the new game this is going to be absolutely amazing how is it going to perform on the playstation 4 this is aimed at the playstation 4 the playstation 4 has all these crazy little techno models all this sort of stuff um oh it's going to be merging the 2d with the 3d and you know it's, it's just going to be an absolute eye-opening thing and they would have worked off you know free screenshots and a short video and turned it into the most exciting prospect ever but as it stands three articles in over a year and you're like and not a single one of them seemed to have any level of sort of you know soul into it like this could be exciting this could be absolutely amazing like i mean you know you know it's all subjective and and for me but the thing is that i remember back in the day you'd get to the point where a game like Suicoden, I knew it as the name Gen Genzo Suicoden because I'd see it so frequently mentioned as this hot new Japanese game might be coming over to the West and it's all set for the PlayStation 1 and it's going to be using all these weird special effects. And they'd analyse absolutely absolutely everything out of it. And it wouldn't just be like, you know, throwaway articles. They'd be making a real deal out of these and making you making you excited about stuff. And uh, yeah. all I'm doing is, I mean, the the most brilliant thing about it now is that, you know, Vanillaware themselves through through Atlas and so on, they have their own own outlets now. You know, Capcom has Capcom Unity, um, all all kinds of things, and there's numerous. Konami had theirs, yeah. Yeah, with Konami, you've got even things like Police Norse and Snatcher. They've got their own Junker HQ where you get to go and see absolutely every little piece of information. Shining Force, Shining Force Central. Every one of these has, you know, something which is absolutely, which captures that flame still, and it usually contains articles from back in the uh, in the mid to late nineties as well, oddly enough. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's just the passion for me. I think the passion doesn't seem to be there for me. And as much as I go yeah. through, I mean, I religiously used to read Kotaku every day. Um, oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> the moment Brian Ashcroft started putting all of his. Uh, I think that might be a Verve member. Sorry, I think I fixed him up with then. But, <laughs> but, but the moment he started making it a regular, almost daily feature to mention about schoolgirls' panties for sale in Japan and how they relate to Pokemon games or something like to that effect, um, I just completely fell out of there. And I found out, like Craig, I'd been doing it as a you know a habit. I just it'd be at the top of my favorite bar. I'd click it every day. And more recently, yeah. I've been doing the exact same thing with Eurogamer. Half of that information never sort of sticks in my head anyway. But I just sort of, um, I've become a creature of habit with it. And not having those alternatives. Uh, it's an odd one. It's an odd one. Um, Myself, I can almost pinpoint exactly when I got disenchanted with the uh, mass media. It's age three, uh, isn't it? Uh, no, actually, it was in the womb. I was like, what is this nonsense? 60 minutes. <laughs> Do you guys remember when Dragon's Crown released? Yeah, I remember that. All of it. Yeah, see, you, you know exactly what, what I'm going to do. Okay, uh, so Dragon's Crown, Craig, 
Mike. Oh wait, I remember. Not Mike. This, yeah. Craig and Luke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you Google it, you'll you'll recognize it. It was around the time that that released that the whole media world just like exploded, right? Mm. Like everybody, even more so than Overwatch with Tracer. <laughs> I think that was more fan, but it, it, the media outlets made such a huge deal out of the sorceress and the Amazon. Never as much about the dwarf and the knight who were just as weirdly proportioned, but they made such a huge deal. I got, I got so sick and tired of reading about it. It's like, guys, it's it's artwork. It's, who cares? You either like it or you don't. And from pretty much that point on, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm done with US Gamer and Kotaku and Polygon and all that nonsense. Nowadays, um, I'm very, I guess, textbook about it, right? Like, I'll just go to Reddit, see what games are coming out in the next six months. And if one title strikes my fancy, I'll go look up about it. But I don't rely on anybody's um, collated thoughts Mm. on whether or not, you know, it's coming from this company or this company or upcoming game. I don't really read that kind of stuff anymore. It's all very just quick and to the point. I haven't read an article in a long time. Other than like HG 101, which which are absolutely phenomenal a good 80% of the time. A hardcore gamer. Yeah, 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 I love HG101. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's, that. That captures it exactly. And I, mean, I mean, to put your case in point there, if you looked at something like General Chaos, let's say we went back to the 90s. Oh my gosh. Imagine, a, imagine an article saying, oh, not all, not all soldiers have chiseled square jaw lines and look like they're you know, <laughs> part-time rapists. <laughs> why, why do they make the, uh, the, the guy wearing an eye patch the bad guy? I mean, there are good people who wear eye patches. <laughs> Why do they all have to be bad? Yeah, I, I'm incredibly how, tired yeah, of that. You'd, you'd be, you'd, you'd probably put the magazine down and say, "This is not what I came here for." Know your audience, please. But here's my point, right? During the '90s, we all laughed when people said, "Well, Mortal Kombat could make you violent," right? Like <laughs> we all laughed at Doom turning you into a serial killer. But nowadays. They want us to believe that playing something like Dragon's Crown can turn you into a sexual deviant. It's it's just as stupid to me. I totally agree, Dave, and I was a, a little bit annoyed with that as well. I never actually played Dragon's Crown until a couple of years later. Oh, it's good. It. Yeah. yeah, I played it on Plus. It's a really, really good game. Um, but one thing that I found a bit almost hypocritical was everybody seemed to be... Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, the character Silent, is basically wearing nothing but tape around her oh hush yeah hush? i think it's silent oh, isn't quiet. it it's quiet. silent yeah um, it's quiet okay <laughs> we were both and it's wrong. like okay because it's hideo kojima everybody doesn't mention it but i mean that was just as bad if not worse than the dragon's crown thing in my opinion and now wait you didn't respect oh. no 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 I, I i don't have a problem with it i'm not I, i'm not anti against it i'm just saying if the media is going to attack, if the media is going to attack how a character is designed and and the dragon's crown side of it, the the women had massive breasts, then surely they should also be attacking when women are <laughs> in a military scenario with basically nothing <laughs> but the thinnest bikini you can get. Um, so you're saying that, health and safety should be involved? I should not. Well, <laughs> health and safety full maybe. Sets of armor. <laughs> yeah. No, like. I am just as okay with Quiet as I am with the Golden Axe yeah. dude taking on an entire army of goblins with a loincloth. I'm cool with both of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, so you're saying is you played Metal Gear Solid Five, 
and you didn't immediately respect women less. Well, I'm, I can't say this publicly. <laughs> oh, good, good. I was worried. I thought for a split second they were wrong. Whew, boy. Because, I mean, I, I respected women up until I started playing Dead or Alive, and then I played Dead or Alive, and once the breasts started jiggling, that was it. <laughs> I just did not respect women anymore for the rest of my life. But that that's a... Well, that's a rabbit hole we could go down. Hmm. It's almost like the bandwagon was jumped on in that game, but if the media wants to attack something and move a direction, you know, they want to, to make it that characters are not overly heavy or underdressed, that's cool. But don't just pick one game and go for it. Go for all of them. This should be a general approach to to everything here. And, like, it reminds me of the tabloid magazines. I'm not sure if they're as bad as they are here over there dave but oh i'm pretty sure there's yeah we we have several uh newspapers over here that are just just horrible they just jump on anything and seem to attack everybody but they're never consistent and they're quite often like they're hypocritical you know they'll they forget what they say and defend the other side the next week you don't know what they're going to do but i don't like seeing that sort of journalism in in the the media today and i think that's what puts me off those big websites i mean Hitting Kotaku and seeing that thing about uh, there's dicks in No Man's Sky. I'm like, who cares? Like, what, what, what are you trying to? What point are you trying to make? Remember, people. Sometimes a giant tower is just a giant tower. It's not a phallic symbol. They, that can happen. They did come um, like that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, like, like that brings up a point I do want to briefly touch on. I don't want to go way in depth in this because it can explode. I'm not going to say one side or the other because, uh, frankly, I don't care. Um, it was like that whole Gamergate thing, right? Like, that was more the fan side of things blowing something up than the media side of things. So, I mean, we have it from both sides. Sure, the, the media will get all upset that, you know, women aren't being portrayed correctly like they would like to see. But then you have fans that do the same exact thing. So... Is it, is it the um, is it just the attitude that we now have with the internet? Like, is it that strive to receive validation with no games are serious now, we have to treat them like works of art. Like, nobody really makes fun of or criticizes Pablo Picasso for making an ill-proportioned woman or man, but we have to regulate our games and make sure that they are being taken seriously. Anything outlandish, like a girl in a bikini running around dodging bullets, mm. well, that just won't do. I mean, what do you guys think led to that frame of mind? It's almost like the games industry is trying to be recognized and come out of the, the stigma that was attached that games is for children, whilst, I mean, it's clearly not the average gamer is what, between 25 and 35 so physically um... anyway <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't trust any of the statistics to be honest i don't care whether the yeah. average game is six years old it doesn't make a difference to me whatsoever but i'll still beat them at pokemon yeah yeah why not why not <laughs> and i mean you know yeah as, as with pokemon um like luke looks a slight slight bit younger than me uh <laughs> i'll stick with that one and 
<laughs> he's, uh, you know, he, he completely embraced embraced Pokemon. I I didn't as much. I saw it as a, a kids game for my younger brother when I was eleven. These are still the arguments that seem to be the central basis of all of this weirdness going on. And, and the thing is, is there a high level to it? Oh, probably not. I don't. I think it's all being read into way further than anyone imagined. I think someone might have created this as a big joke somewhere. And it's basically it's brought, <laughs> got out of hand. it's brought everyone out to look like idiots anyway. So what does it matter? Um. <laughs> the the thing that I, I I compare them most to is it's like wine critics, right? Like that that is what I believe the the media has become is wine critics. It's like yeah, you can talk about your earthy oaky flavor, but in the end, it is it is just wine, dude. It either tastes good or doesn't. I don't know. There is something at the middle of it. I mean, we've seen... I don't want to turn this into the Politicast, but... Ooh, nice one! (laughs) The world has become quite a jaded place in recent years, and and I think this is all all just a big, you know, big event of of what's happening socially in the world, not so much about actual games themselves. And the the thing is, you know, Dead, Dead or Alive first came out, and even as a what, 12, 13 year old, you'd still see, oh yeah, it's a jokey game to be featuring big boobs and things like that. And, you know, it's all, it's all just taken to the next level now. So, so we did go down a bit of, of a dark path there, but, you know, once we get flame broiled from the internet, we'll come out okay. Okay, so, so what kind of, what kind of hype, what kind of marketing works for you then in getting you excited about a game? Myself, it's a CG trailer. You put a cool CG trailer on the front of Bubsy. I am down to play that because that looks cool. Do do chats keep matters? Like like do little pop figures matter? Do special editions matter? Does oh hey they released an art book? Does all that stuff matter to you in getting you excited about a game, or is it all just come down to the game? Since I met Mike before, I wasn't too worried about it. But Mike does this really cool thing where he tweets every game he buys. Take a picture of it and like it started making me want to do it <laughs> especially with like some of the special editions he gets i'm like oh that's really cool but I've, I'm always too stingy to buy the special editions but does a good special edition get you excited about a game nah like even not if you don't slightest. buy it nah really no just a point no i have a thing for steel books like i really like them Ah, steelbooks are nice. Steelbooks yeah. are nice. Is this, steelbooks are nice. Is, is this not... And figurines are quite nice as well. Is this not getting a, a wee bit into the two weeks time conversation on well, it's, marketing oh. shit? Oh, yeah. Media and marketing are too... I'm sorry. In two so, weeks time, we will we be will, doing a marketing episode. Yes, we, we will discuss that. Well, thank you for the So then, I guess thank same, same question therapy. though, guys. Um, Like... Does a good media blitz get you excited about a game? Like, I remember watching... They did a special thing on Crackle where they showed old episodes of Jeopardy. And I am a sucker for that stuff. And literally three times per half-hour episode, there was a trailer for infamous Second Son. That is the, that... the PS4 one, right? Yeah. That mm-hmm, would do my head, mm-hmm. And I hated that game before it even released. Yeah. Just same with Destiny 2. If I see one more Destiny 2 ad, I love Nathan Fillion, but if I see him talk to that crowd one more time, I'm going to buy the game, just throw it away. Honestly, yeah. And it's like when something like Breath of the Wild came out, you had to avoid Eurogamer for days. 
<laughs> and and it's it's pretty it's pretty dramatic. I hate it. It does my head in. I just think you know, be concise about your newscast. Be be one article on it. Update that if you have to. Not ten the most recent articles on different aspects about why Lynx bow is the best bow in the world ever and this, that and the other and oh god. So then what yeah. works for you, Craig? Like what, what works will get you excited? Yeah. Okay. Not not just to repeat what I said earlier, but things like talking yeah. to you guys and talking to folk at work. And then a wee bit of like that wipeout example. I'm quite excited about wipeout, and I wasn't before, but I am kind of. I watched a few 4K videos of it on YouTube, and I was like, "Ooh, that just that's just lovely." Um, I just think I don't know. It's it's enthusiasm again, and it's talking to you that makes the difference. It makes me buy stuff. I've got so many games in my to do list that I don't need. I just don't need. Eurogamer to get me excited about anything else right now, please. I'm a big sucker for um, the conferences. I always have been. There's there's something magical uh, about, I mean, before it used to be, before the internet, it was um, the magazine after E3. I'd, I'd normally buy a couple different magazines that just to try and pick up all the information, but um, it's kind of cool getting a glimpse in the, into what each uh, studio or developer or company are doing and uh you know the games that are upcoming and stuff and it's maybe going a little bit too far with the every company and manufacturer are now making having their own separate conferences but i still get really hyped for that and you know i think it was last year mike and i were both up watching it and we ended up having a hangouts chat at like two or three in the morning while watching one of the conferences and stuff um yeah that that that's where most of my hype comes from anyway Okay, so so E three is still a big major player for you. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have said this year's E three was disappointing, but I thought it was great. It's uh, there's that there's that buzz of oh, what's coming this year, and um, have all the leaks come right? Is the predictions of your your favorite podcaster are they going to come right, or you know what oddballs Nintendo going to throw out? And um, the conference is definitely. Are, are the where I watch, you know, I watch them the next day in full if I've not stayed up to watch them. And, is it... Sorry. I was going to say, is it because of the companies themselves presenting the game and you can tell, hey, guys, we're really proud of this, take a look kind of thing? Or is it just it's all in a concise place? It, it's like a glimpse into the future as well as, I mean, this year, um, to touch on your point there, the uh, Ubisoft conference had uh, Miyamoto on it and you got to see the developer that's working on that um that Rabbids game I can't remember what it's called is it just Rabbids Mario yeah it's uh, it's Mario plus Rabbids yeah Kingdom Battle or something yeah there was a really touching bit there where you know Miyamoto just kind of says says something nice about the guy and you can the camera cuts to him and he's almost in tears because his hero's giving him praise in front of the world I was gonna and, say that's God himself smiling down upon you, <laughs> yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, previous years, I was really interested in, like, what Microsoft and Sony were going to do with the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One and um, getting to meet the personalities behind the companies, like Andrew Cerny. He's, like, he's like my my idol at the moment. Like, he's in a very similar job Cerny? to me. Mark Cerny, yeah. Mark Cerny. Andrew's, Andrew's the other guy, isn't he? Andrew um, Cox. Yeah. yeah, that's it. But Mark Cerny, he's, like... I've read comments on like websites. A lot of people seem to think that 
he goes into too much detail, but I'm just like, well, this guy, I could listen to this guy talk forever. He's like, (laughs) he gets right into the nitty gritty sometimes. You're just like, oh, this is brilliant. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite when it comes to E3 because you see day on day highlights from the previous day, and I kind of I've tended to wait until it's over, and then you get highlights from the whole thing, highlighting the highlights from each day, so that it's distilled right down. That's how I kind of just and it's just like short snippets of what I assume is the most important (laughs) bits of the. I mean, I don't watch I don't watch the coverage over the the week. I'll I'll probably do the same sort of thing as you and watch the highlights at the end. But the conferences and then the highlights will kind of get me the information because not everything seems to be announced during the the conferences. A lot of it seems to be just stuff that's on the floor and whatnot. Yeah, I'd very much like to go. That would be, that, that <laughs> would be nice, you know. But I, I don't know. Yeah, so. Mike. What about you? What kind of um, marketing gets you hyped for something? I think there's there's sort of three routes which work for me. Um, the first route is the, the tried and tested one from the old days, which would have been, uh, you know, you see you see Final Fantasy VII, you get free pictures, just simply free pictures. You get you don't know what they even are. They could be anything. They chuck them out, and you're suddenly stewing. You're thinking, ooh, I wonder what this could be. Then second of all, you get a good good preview before the game comes out. Then finally, you get your review, and that's that's pretty much been the tried and tested method for years but more recently it's all been changing so uh, i like the rockstar way i like when they put one trailer out every so often and they count down to it and you sort of like by the time gta 4 came out you'd you'd pretty much probably bought three copies by accident because you'd pre-ordered it that many times (laughs) (laughs) but rockstar absolutely nail it every single time i mean i think it was this e3 we saw Red Dead Redemption 2, and you wouldn't have, you blinked and you missed it. It was just basically thrown in there in yeah. a quick, quick throw through on the, um, on the Xbox conference. You're like, wow, that's, that's there, that's popped up. And it just basically made itself known and disappeared within that second as well. But, um, but yeah, they, they always have a perfect way of doing it. They, they build up the, the hype level just enough and they keep you absolutely salivating at the prospect of what the next game is going to be like. Um, but then the final one, which which I find myself going to the most, is that even though I use the websites as sort of checklists, you know, I'll, I'll pop on Eurogamer and Jimatsu and I'll go, right, this game's coming out. Oh, this is a quick picture of what it looks like. I'm basically doing that forward recon that you would have got back in the day. But then my my actual meat of it, the whole preview session, the reviews are, are probably the least important of a lot nowadays. But my actual preview code bit is getting the um when the developers do it themselves. If you watch something like a Yakuza game or a XCOM game, you'll get you'll get like Nagoshi speaking there with his nice nice tanned tone with his earrings and his whatever new hairstyle <laughs> and leather jacket he's wearing. And he's he's loving it. He'll tell you everything about it. He'll show you all the all the members of of the crew, uh, you know, working on it. They'll talk about the coolest new little niche thing they've got involved in this game. Maybe a new hostess or a popular J-pop icon who's appearing as a stripper. And then the on the other side, you've got something like XCOM, where you've got uh, I think it's Jake Solomon, possibly is his name. I'm not hundred percent sure, but he'll he'll walk through it. He'll give you a, a base, you know, a basic look at the game. It's all under all under stage conditions, and everyone loves to point out that under stage conditions is a bad thing. But really, if you're trying to promote your game, what what's the 
what's a better route than having it look nice? And that, that definitely gets the yeah. hope going. That gets the enthusiasm going. I mean, a lot of games release, you know, publicity stuff, which the, the thing is, if you've seen so much of this, you can it's transparent now. You can tell a bad game from, from what you're being shown 95% of the time. So that's not even an issue. But, yeah, when when companies, especially, like, I mean, Nintendo are treehouse things, and I, I think it's a bit weak, to be honest. But when they cut it down to small directs and stuff like that, you're getting a... You're getting well produced, well produced look at a game under under the yeah. best conditions possible from the people themselves. What more? You know, no middleman. Nintendo's man. an oddball there. Mm. Like I, I, I didn't know at the time. I don't think anybody really knew at the time. But the, the whole Treehouse Direct, where they did the whole puppets and everything, was that last year or two years ago? I think they've been doing it a little while now. It's probably. Uh, Okay, because I, I, I was going to say, I, I didn't know that was because Iwata was sick, and now now that you know, it's like, oh, that makes sense. I was hoping this year they, they wouldn't be yeah. like that anymore. But in the end, that's kind of what Nintendo does. Nintendo's that weird uncle, man. That's just what they do. I think it works for Nintendo. I, don't, I think if Sony or Microsoft did it, that would be a disaster. But even the way... Um, like you were talking about with game companies, even the way Nintendo, you know Nintendo employees. You don't really know very mm. many Sony employees or very many Xbox employees other than the figureheads. Yeah. Ugh. But that's Nintendo's charm and that's what gets you excited. Is just, oh, hey, look, it's Reggie or hey, it's Miyamoto or hey, it's Tanaka or hey, you know, it's just, you know those guys. And Awada was great about that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, one of the big problems with something like God of War is that a lot of the stuff that they could have been using to, to pump up the game is like hidden on the game itself as extra content a lot of the time. And you're thinking, why didn't they just put a few of these out as some sort of promotional material to get me hyped for it? Uh, yeah, I mean, about your point, like I remember I remember getting just so crazy excited for some games after watching uh, Igarashi talk about a Castlevania game. Or, you know, you'll see um, even, even with Itagaki and talking about Dead or Alive or... or Ninja Gaiden, hearing the creators themselves talk about things, I think is a great way to do it. And I've been more than excited about some games after seeing, you know, just like uh, the the From Software guys or or Bandai. They'll go through and they'll show the office and, hey, look, this guy's working on this access. Yeah. Or this guy's working on... Square Enix uh, does that a lot with Final Fantasy XIV. There's that guy, um, Yoshi. I can't remember his, his surname, I'm sorry. But he's very open and clear with everybody about, uh, look, guys, we're working on this axe asset, or hey, look, we're we're trying to fix this bug. You know, yeah, we heard about. It. I think that's kind of the wave of the future, like especially with smaller companies like Shovel Knight, like uh, Yacht Club or games. Hello they were games. Very, yeah, or, or Hello Games. Yeah, they're very open about everything, and I'm wondering if that's a better way to get your info. Yeah. I would, I would point. take it from after that, after the No Man's Sky. Can we say No Man's Sky Gate? That's not a thing. It's just whatever. After <laughs> No Man's Skyfall, <laughs> No Man's Skyfall. We'll go with that. After that, I would actually take things um, developers are talking about. If you've got someone that's so embedded in developing a game, like what's his face was? What was his name? Someone help me out. I. Can't remember his name. Oh, well. I just said it. I recognise it, but anyway, anyway, whatever his name was, getting he's probably dead right now. Actually, he's probably <laughs> there was a hit put on him or something. Anyway, 
he was so excited and passionate about it, and I actually I get sucked into a bit Sean of that Murray. because he was always on. Yes, Sean Murray. <laughs> Thank you. Um, did you Google that? No, no, I was thinking it was Liam for a long time, or Luke, and then I ah. su- suddenly I remembered Murray, and I put Sean with it. And I thought it was nice a one. snowboarder right. by accident, but Sean White. Okay. That's Sean White, <laughs> yeah. It would be better if it was Bill Murray. <laughs> oh, what a guy. Oh, God. Anyway, anyway, he, you saw the passion, and you saw the love, and you saw you got sucked in by it. And in the end, he was blinded by his own love for the game. And I think that was a bit dangerous and clearly didn't work that well. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Some some people already knew it was going to be a piece of crap. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, God bless those heroes who I will didn't. remain unnamed. <laughs> no, no, you, you have a good point. Whereas as creators will become very biased because mm-hmm. they love a game, um, that's what the media is supposed to be. They're supposed to be, you know, unbiased and everything. And I think for the most part, they kind of are. Yeah. I don't think people get paid off near as much as the internet likes to think they do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it's kind of a, you're in for a risk no matter what you do. Yeah. I think that's the thing as well is with the amount of time that I've got to play games and the amount, like, I don't have a lot of time. Well, I've got I've actually got a surprising amount of time given my family and work <laughs> commitments. Um I need I need to fully trust the decision, and that's why I fall back on you guys or guys at work or like really heavily researching a specific thing just to see if I can like a couple of YouTube videos even not heavily researching but even a couple of YouTube videos is because I need to know that it's I'm gonna like it and I don't want other people I I don't want to leave that decision up to other people I want to make my own decision yeah. about it. Well, that that brings me to my next point. You mentioned YouTube, right? Like, yeah. What do you guys think about those endorsed Let's Plays? The thing was, when I was saying about focused focused things from developers themselves and how they're sort of quite well curated, the thing is, quite frequently, say it's Capcom showing off a new Monster Hunter game, they, they'll quite often make it look like a, a pure gameplay experience. They'll try and demonstrate it to the best ability possible, and they, they never really go wrong, to be honest. Um, but then if you go to the opposite end of the spectrum, to the YouTube version, you'll find someone with a daft stupid costume running around doing the most stupid things <laughs> and just representing the game under, under the, the ultra the ultra hype version which is like it doesn't work for a start but you know you, you'll never see someone test out Gran Turismo uh, in fact you will you'll see someone testing out Gran Turismo and showing off the uh, the Volkswagen van going around uh-huh. a 24 hour race but but the thing is you know, you know they they always demonstrate under the most stupid and absurd conditions. So it's like, you'll never see a, a plain Street Fighter match. You'll see, admittedly, my choice, old man Ryu fighting against, uh, you know, Zangief <laughs> and some stupid leotard or something. And it, it just, it ruins, it ruins the experience for me. It feels like someone's just shaking fun at the game most of the time. I, I know that's not their intention, but... That's what I get from it quite frequently. You don't find people playing it the way you would? Well, just normal, like saying. a normal person would, from my experience of normal people. I think you've just had some bad examples there, Mike. I mean, there is a lot. YouTube does seem to be a lot of people acting really silly because that seems to be the way That's how like, we the get theme hit. set by, yeah, is it Pew Pew Die? He, he seems yeah. to be all about, you know, 
it's almost like watching a child's program. Like he's really hyper. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is that PewDiePie? You said that Pew, very. Pew. Yeah, it's PewDiePie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that very diplomatic, man. Yeah. Very well said. Uh, personally, I think he's a retard. But you know, we'll, we'll stick with yours. I think he drags down the whole country of Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you have your very famous guys like your Markipliers, your Jacksepticeyes, everybody my daughter watches, right? That will play a game because a company asks them to. And sometimes, uh, Mike, yeah, they will like, hey, let's play Street Fighter while always facing the wrong way or something. You know, they'll just do something like that. But I have found sometimes it, it does enlighten me on what a game is actually like like if you've ever watched i said like twice i'm very sorry about that if you like something like a pro jared monster hunter thing Hmm. where he will strictly play monster hunter the way it's supposed to be played and show it to you even though it is endorsed and you know he kind of has to say one way or another do i like it do i not and maybe it's a little tainted but I, i i line up with the guy's opinions quite a lot so i trust the guy but i find that a little bit more helpful than the screenshots the videos all that's like oh i actually get to watch somebody play it and even if they are being stupid you can kind of abstract from that okay i'll like it or i won't so mike you you just youtube really isn't um uh, an avenue for you at all oh no i go on youtube every day i just um i i usually ignore the ones i'm subscribed to and just go off on a random (laughs) whim search like Neo, the first two things okay. I get are like IGN and GameSpot. I'll I'll watch those reviews. Now go Epic Name Bro. That's the way to go. Oh, I, I don't know. I, you know, apart from the the names I already know from websites, I really don't know any of the names of the people. They just don't stick with me. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, I I see all sorts of names pop up. I see like uh, see, I can't remember a single one. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, case in point. Case in point, but. Um, you know, they they just don't have that 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 pull for me. I, um, I never stick with people. Uh, most I watch is probably something like a, a internet comment etiquette. I think that's the only thing I'll I'll go. Oh, I know that name. I'll, I'll go watch his videos. <laughs> but, uh, um, in a podcast, this isn't a very good idea. But let's have a show of hands of how many people actually do the let's play thing. By by vocal, by a vocal version of that. <laughs> Damn joint. it! Ah, uh, yeah, I watch them. Hmm. I don't. And look, this. Yeah, I, I don't generally. No. No. I watch them for one specific reason, because if I want to know what goblins played like back in 1994, there's really no way for me to play it. Or if I want to see somebody play through some obscure Japanese game I can't get my hands on. Or mostly it's PC, right? Like, like I've never played Stonekeep. I probably never will. But, hey, I get to see what it is. You know, I, I don't want to play Ultima. Do you want to play? Nobody wants to play Ultima. But that guy did. So I'll watch that. I think two weeks ago I watched my first Let's Play video of the year. And it was a five-minute video of someone doing really terribly in Marble Madness. <laughs> and it was so compelling to watch because he was so terrible at it that I had to see it through to the end. Um, was he angry? No, no, he wasn't at all. He was just like, "Oh, I've got, I've gone off the side again. I seem to have gone off the side again." Well, 
well, at least he wasn't angry. No, no, not at all. It's just really, really nice to watch. I can't, I can't watch Let's Plays. I'm very, given the line of work I'm in, I'm very against videos and it's quite odd. I can't watch, like, see if you have to figure out how to do anything. I can't watch a video. I need a very small bullet points, one, two, three. I need, I need short bits of information. Otherwise, I just lose all attention. And, like, if I was watching a YouTube video, I'd move on to a different tab and all of a sudden I've stopped paying attention. In fact, I was telling you the other week I was watching GameSetter CX and I changed tabs and carried on laughing for about two <laughs> minutes to this Japanese guy speaking and I was just laughing with a canned laughter, reading something else on the internet. There's this Japanese guy talking. No idea what he was saying. Um, I can't... He was saying, look at this white guy, thinks he can understand and laughs at my jokes. <laughs> and, 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 and it's not, as you, as you pointed out, it's not canned laughter, it's just the, no, the, it's not. the crew. It's the crew. Yeah. Which, by the way, everybody should watch Games in RCX. You must watch it. The guy is the guy is one of the most enthusiastic people and nice people I've ever seen speaking on a video. <laughs> yeah, like there's a good example though, right? Like I want to see somebody like I don't know talk about games rather than your Angry Joe show or your PewDiePie or you know those kind of guys. I want to see somebody enthusiastic about playing, even if the games are thirty years old. I mean, that dude is excited to play Battletoads. Mm. And I, I, I guess I click more with that because that's kind of how I am. Like, I get Rambo First Blood on the Sega Master System and I'm, yes, gonna play this. Uh, nobody in their right mind would ever care about it, but I'm still a little excited about it. So, then what's a game do you guys remember the advertising for? Like, it is permanently blazed into your brain. Where the media hit you so hard, you just never forget it. Unfortunately, the last time I got really excited about a game that was covered in the media quite a lot um, was Sean White's No Man's Sky. Sean White? <laughs> <laughs> like, like th there isn't like an ad. Like, like for me, right? This is a game that that came out. It released. Nobody really cared all that much. But there were so many ads for it in Nintendo Power. I'll never forget this game. And that is uh, Tack and the Power of Juju. Like, nobody remembers that. And with pretty good reason. It's not that good a game. But I will always remember that little caveman in a chicken suit for the rest of my life. I remember seeing a lot of... Uh, was it Joe and Mac? I saw a lot of trailer, a lot of uh, page ads for that at some point in, in the past. A long time ago. <laughs> But does this include uh, videos and stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just something that you'll never forget because the media works so well. Oh, what's that game that's like the isometric civilization building game, but it's advertised by um, that lassie that always gets her paps out, she's got gigantic boobs, and it doesn't look anything like the game and the trailer. Oh, that, that Ebony game? It's kind of like, yeah, like that kind of thing. I hate that. But the advertising is everywhere, <laughs> and it does get ingrained in your head because it's like, why? What? That isn't even what the gameplay is like. You get like big epic battles, and then right, like the Arnie one. You know, Arnie's advertising. Um, crap! What's he advertising? It's like some. Yeah, and and he's like, oh, and my name's Twitchinger, like that, and. It's, it's like a, this epic game that they're playing and then it zooms out at the very end and it's some pish, isometric 
civilization building <laughs> game. And you're like, what? Really? Was that necessary? Ah, uh, yeah, like like Clash of Clans here. They're at the beginning of about 42 out of 50 YouTube videos. It's a little ridiculous. And I'll never forget Clash of Clans now. Yeah, I know. So that's not a good reason for remembering, but I will always be wary and remember those types of adverts. Yeah, it's stuck in your head. I remember a lot of a lot of uh, um, comics back in the nineties, which had a, a Robocop versus Terminator, the Mega Drive game, plastered all over the back of them, and that was quite cool. Because oh, really? They actually had Robocop versus Terminator comics. Or I think they even had Robocop versus Terminator versus Aliens versus something else as well. But Predator. <laughs> Um, yeah, but uh, no, I I always like to think that Metal Gear Solid Two's um like a first appearance is the thing that sticks in my head. But it was actually Metal Gear Solid Four, which was the one which I was like, "This is very cool. Let's download six different versions of the same trailer just to just to watch them on loop for the next few years while I wait for the game to finally come out." Um, that that was really really exciting stuff. Uh. And like an an old snake, where where that come from? That's that's crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, but it sort of captured the time as well because it was sort of we we're in a bit of a war torn world at the time, and mm. and yeah, it just it just resonated on quite a few levels. Really, I mean, essentially a Metal Gear game at the end of it. So don't take take the seriousness out of it. But um, yeah, yeah, that really really left an impression. I think the big, the biggest impression leaving thing that I can think of of the past quite a while, and I can't remember the game it is now. Was it the Dead Island trailer that had the oh back, yeah. the reversing CGI epic thing? Oh, that was a, a lovely trailer and a lovely game for a no, not a lovely game, a lovely trailer and an average game maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> but that video, that video got me super excited. It had nothing, it, the game had none of that feeling or energy or explosiveness, but it it totally hooked me in for that. It was a goodie. Yeah, I remember uh, trying to watch that because it was backwards. Mm-hmm. Like I watched it a few times trying to figure out until someone finally reversed it. That's a cool way to do that. I did like that, but at the same time, it sort of embodied a little bit of the. The, the media sort of reaction sort of period in, as well, which which didn't work great for me. It felt like even if I had an impression of what that was, there was going to be five million writers out there telling me exactly what they thought about it. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it, it embodies <laughs> something bad as well at the same time as being quite a good trailer. Yeah. I, uh, one of the newest ones that's got me just slathering for anything new about it is that cyberpunk 2077 trailer with that girl in the middle of the street oh man i can't wait for more info about that game i must have watched that trailer like 14 times already mm. i have to have another look oh oh yeah don't definitely look it's nothing gameplay related it's just a very pretty cg trailer from the cdpr guys and it, it just looks really cool so bringing it to a bit of a close it seems like we're all incredibly disenchanted with the media at large. Um, yeah, that's 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 fair to say. Now, I don't know if this is because of our age and we grew up, you know, in the age where video games exploded. I don't know. But is there something you would like to see change in the media? Is it like one thing you can point to and say, really wish that would change? 
Oh no, there's um, not one easy thing to pick hmm. out here. There are many things. Um, myself, it's going to be the kind of faux intellectualism. I really hope that's a fad that ends soon. And if it does, I might end up actually reading more media. And I know they're really, really striving for my hits. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah uh, once that dies down a bit, I, I will be more than happy to try some websites again. Um, that's another difficult question. I know. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> My biggest annoyance, because if I just take Eurogamer, for example, so many of the stuff that goes up on Eurogamer is just non-articles and fluff and filler. I'd rather go on and see that there's only been three things posted for the past couple of days than, you know, 20 crud articles and you've got to wade through it all. Yeah. Yeah. Fake news. Not fake news. Dropped a bit of quality Fluff, lately, hasn't it? Filler, non-articles. You know, oh, this YouTube video roughly ties into a game, so let's just pull it in and put a headline against it. Their puns are good. I'll give them that. <laughs> <laughs> more puns, says Craig Patterson. More, more puns would be great as well. <laughs> I'd quite like to see. Um, I would quite like to see a new print magazine that included like crosswords and stuff like that as well. Gaming related crosswords. <laughs> ETM used to do that. I used to love those yeah. crosswords. Yeah. Yeah, you might laugh, but I mean I mean the funny thing is things like that they they do sort of like you know, you don't have to be fully dealing with video games all the time to be like, you know, showing you showing your love for the hobby, I guess. No. You know, if it if, I mean as long as it's not oh this is it you know, if it if it if it gets a bit of a spark out of you, it's it's cool. I mean they they've always done pretty mad things with games like you know throwing origami into a, a case of heavy rain while you you're loading the game up the first time and there's, oh, yeah. there's all sorts of weird just odd things and i don't know even getting like badges and stickers and stuff with nintendo magazines there's still a, a bit of a charm to yeah. it that they're like and the thing is they don't put out like third party rubbish this looks like a pokemon let's put that in the magazine thing they get the official artists to actually make half the decent stuff like when street fighter 2 came out you know you're overwhelmed with all this all this art coming from the artists over at capcom and yet today it comes to a the switch and people are one of the highest praises i've heard is that loads of this art which hasn't been restored since then has finally appeared as like an extra section on the on the new switch game which is quite quite cool oh, because cool. there's loads yeah. of this stuff and you, you might have got like a an A4 binder or something back in the day which had an exclusive piece of art which has never been seen again until now. Like, uh, but I've looked. Do you guys remember those vinyls you used to get to put on your PlayStation 1? <laughs> I love those things. Um, oh, yeah. One so, thing I'd like to see less of is like the attack of... Um, like, there seems to be acceptable for like people to call each other out. Maybe it's a, a more community What are you thing, talking about, Luke? I mean, you guys were... Yeah. What's your problem, Luke? You're sitting over there. No, you've brought it up now, so get out. I mean, like you guys were mentioning previously, that like you you really enjoy seeing like developers show their games and talk about them, and you like you feed off that enthusiasm. But it's almost like people forget that the developers behind um that they're the real people behind these and like. 
the gaming industry like it seems like almost snobbish attacking on like games sometimes that doesn't feel justified and you're like guys come on it's like people trying to make a living do we really have to like tear them apart like that i mean the, the sean murray thing for mm-hmm. example like that guy's what the same age as yeah. me i don't know how he handled all that pressure <laughs> and stuff so maybe i'd like the media to remember that there are real people and you don't have to like take them through the trenches to to get your point you across really don't. Now, see, i don't know if that's Luke, possible you were wrong about something five episodes ago and since this is the internet that <laughs> now negates every <laughs> argument you've ever said you were wrong. I'm sorry. I'll sell my house. Um, I'll move to a it's bunker. It's okay. I contradict Luke, myself every five minutes. <laughs> I don't really read a lot of game guides. Boy, you know, there are some games I couldn't get through without a guide. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes, Luke, you bring up a good point, and that, that is our stance here. Uh, the bit effect, if I may speak for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, journalists are just trying to do their job. They probably have a remarkably difficult job with people up top who don't understand the hobby saying, no, write 15 articles about this, and the person themselves saying it only needs two. Yeah. So, yes, we get that too. We're not attacking the journalists themselves unless they're the really stupid ones, which is up to user discretion. Yeah. So... And don't forget, guys, we here have gotten a little navel-geezy as well. But remember, in the end, games are supposed to be fun. And if you're not having fun, then don't do it. It's it's really that simple. Then, cough. If, if, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, if, if gaming media gets to you that much, then just don't partake in it. Enjoy your games, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, that's all it comes down to is the games. So... Uh, thank you for listening very much. If you would like to contact us and tell us how we're awful, awful people, <laughs> then you can do so on Twitter, uh, Gmail, Facebook, whichever. It's all at the Bit Effect. Be sure to listen to Mike's choice cuts on BGM Select. They are, except for that one episode with the Scottish guy, <sighs> a little bad, but I think he'll recover. I hear he's got an American coming soon. I'm looking forward to that a lot. <laughs> Um, then of course I have Operation Sequel where I natter away about games that I play. So if you feel like listening to an idiot bumble on for a while, go ahead and give that a listen. Otherwise, gentlemen, say good night. Good night. Unless it's morning and then you should probably go back to bed because you don't want to be up that early anyway. (laughs) All right. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.